maybe look at it just from a from a, a little different perspective. So if you could turn in your Bibles, please, to First Kings chapter seventeen. Again, I say this with caution. We'll we'll not be overly long this morning because it's it's not greatly warm in here. I know that myself. <laughs> This chapter is, is probably familiar to most of us, and it's the chapter where it talks about Elijah. And this is the introduction of Elijah into his ministry. And this is where it starts to talk about the great things that he had done and who he was with God. And if there's a, if there's a, a story that sort of highlights what it means to really trust in God and what can be accomplished in God, it's in this story in chapter 17. I believe in this chapter it teaches us the principles involved in real faith, in real trust, in really relying upon God for his supply and for him to meet every one of our needs. I believe this chapter is full of it. You know, the Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And again, this story fulfilled this promise. This story talks about how God met every need, how God supplied everything that was needed for the daily lives of these people involved in this. God was there for them. And he'd done it in such miraculous ways. And he'd done it in such great ways. Without doubt, everyone knew that it was God. You know, in this chapter, there's three characters. There's Elijah, there's Ahab, and there's the widow woman. Now, I don't want to talk to you this morning about Ahab. So we're going to leave him out. But we're going to talk about Elijah and the widow woman. I know Elijah here performs some wonderful miracles. He speaks to Ahab, the king, and he says, Ahab, there's going to be no rain for three and a half years. There's going to be no supply for three and a half years. That's chapter, or verse one. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. What a marvelous miracle that God would use a man to pray this prayer and there would be no rain for three and a half years. You know, I'm watching the, the, the news this morning and I'm sure in England there's some places where they pray there was no rain with a flooding. But here God uses this man, Elijah. And then he sends him to the brook Kurth and every day ravens bring him his daily supply. What a miraculous God we have that every day he would send ravens to feed this man by the brook where there's water. And every day the ravens bring him meat in the morning and in the evening. God supplies all of his need. Let's just read the, the, these first six verses just of chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand... 
There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Kirith, that it is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. What a way God supplies to us. And God wants to supply to us on a daily basis. He wants to supply all of our needs as we need them. What a man. And what a marvelous thing that God can have a man like this. How God used him to speak to the kings. But I don't want to really concentrate on Elijah this morning. I don't want to look at Elijah's faith. I want us to look at the perspective from the widow woman. You know, we look at Elijah. The rain has stopped. Powerful miracles. Powerful man of God. But let's be honest. And I have to be honest. There's many a time I feel like the widow woman. More times than enough. You know, you think, powerful man of faith. You, you say to yourself, I want to do things like that for God. But many a time on a daily basis, we feel like the widow woman. We feel like this widow woman, and we're going to read about her here in a moment, but she's struggling. And she's saying, Elijah, that's okay for you. Three and a half years, you have these big prayers. But Elijah, I just need to get through this day. I just need to get through this day. I need to get to the end of the day. You know, three and a half years is okay for you, but let me get to the end of the day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like that. We're saying, God, I need just to get to the end of the day. That's it. I've prayed that. I've said, Lord, if you don't touch me today, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, gonna, I'm just saying, Lord, I'm finished. Lord, I need you to touch me today. And yes, I believe God wants us to use us with miracles. And he wants to fill us full of such faith that we can see wonderful acts from God. But he also wants us just to get through the day. And he wants to supply our needs today. And you may be struggling today. And you may feel yourself like the widow woman. And thinking and saying to God, God, I just need to get through the day. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. And if you haven't been there, you have, one time or another you're going to be there. Lord, just help me get through the day. So let's, with that in mind, let's read from chapter or verse 8. Sorry. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Seraphath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Seraphath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the, woman, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. And, and as he, she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. This is the woman's predicament. This widow woman 
has a predicament. And when we read these verses, we see that predicament starkly. She's out collecting two sticks. And I said, it's, it's, it's pretty strange that the Bible mentions just two sticks. It shows the seriousness of her predicament. Now, I don't know what she can light a fire with two. I don't think she was lighting a fire with two sticks, rubbing them together. I think this was all she had. This was all that was available. Because you've got to re remember, there had been no rain. Elijah had spoken that there was no, going to be no rain for three and a half years. So these people were, were scavenging for all that there was. She had two sticks. She had a handful of meal. And she had a little oil. Now this was going to be no gourmet meal. Like it wasn't going to be, you know, meat and potatoes. It was going to be a, a little bread. And that was it. Nothing more and nothing less. These people were living in rations. And the other thing about it, her other predicament was she had two mouths to feed. It was for her and her son. She had two mouths to feed. That we may eat it and die. I'm sure this woman for a long time had been dreading this day. Where every day she went to her barrel and she had a supply at the start. And she had the oil supply at the start. And I'm sure on the first day, they made the normal sized bread. And then, maybe for the first week, you know, and they sort of saying, well, we better, we, better, we better watch here. We better be careful. We better cut back. And slowly and slowly, the, the meal was running out and the oil was running out. And the cakes were getting smaller. And it was starting to look more and more in a bad way for this woman and her son. And I'm sure this day was the day that she was dreading. She came out this morning for two sticks, the light of fire, to get the last meal for her and her son. This was the day our supply had ended. You know, when I think of all the people in the Bible who had been in the same predicament, you know, you think of the children of Israel when they come out of Egypt and they're at the foot of the Red Sea and all the Egyptians are coming behind them. What a predicament to be in. I think of Elisha in 2 Kings 6 where he comes out of the house one morning and the whole Assyrian army have surrounded his house. And a servant says, what are we going to do? What a predicament to be in. I think of Job. He's lost everything. Everything. I think of Daniel in the land's den. When they threw him into that den, I'm sure he thought, this is my time's up. What a predicament. I think of the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. Where they heated the furnace up. The ten times it should have been. And threw them in. What a predicament to be in. I think of the disciples when Jesus was crucified. All their hope had gone. In their eyes, all their hope had gone. Jesus is dead. They'd followed him for, th for three and a half years. And he's gone. What a predicament to be in. And maybe this morning, 
you're in a predicament. May not be along these lines. I don't think anybody's going to throw us into a land's den. But it feels like you're in a land's den. Maybe it is your job. We're living in times where, with recession and where things are tough. And you're thinking, I'm a, it's, I could lose my job here. Or maybe you've already lost your job. And things are getting tight. Maybe it is sickness has come in. And you're thinking, what way is this going to go? Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your family. You're in a predicament. Maybe the pressure has come on. There's persecution has come on. What predicaments? And this wee widow woman was in a predicament. This was her last. This was her end. And maybe we feel like her this morning. You've got two sticks. You've got a little meal. And you've got a bit of oil left. And you're thinking, this is the end. We're scraping the barrel. My dad used to say, having two pennies to rub together. Well, we use that phrase, having two pennies to rub together. And which, you know, maybe it wasn't maybe as bad as that. But we use that phrase and we know what, he, what, he, what we mean. But we're scraping the barrel. We're down to the bottom. And you have mouths to feed. There's others to feed. Physically, spiritually, mentally, we, want, we have to look after one another. With mouths to feed. What a predicament. And this widow woman finds herself in this predicament. And now Paul said, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Paul was under pressure. You know, men of people of God, we come under pressure too. The three and a half years was, was, that Elijah had spoken was from the will of God. And we come under it as well. As this widow woman come under it. And Paul in his ministry come under severe pressure. Even on to death, he thought, this is the end. The word pressed there means a grievous heavy weight. And there's times you think you can almost physically feel the weight of that on your shoulders. And it's weighing you down. And it's heavy. And you think, I need to get this off. This is the predicament that this widow woman found herself in. Herself in. It was above human strength. And it was, she was the spirit of her life. And she said, listen, this is more than I can handle. But that's the widow's predicament. But then comes the widow's challenge. If we read verse 10 to 13. So he arose and went to Seraphath. And when he came to the gate of the king of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. 
And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. The prophet comes and he asks her for the very thing that she has. For the last thing that she has. The only thing that she has before she and her son die. He asks her for it. He asks it for all that she has. And maybe she thought to herself, has this man not been watching? Did this man not listen to me? Elijah, have you not listened to what I have told you? Now Elijah is a shadow of God in this story. But he comes into this woman's life and he asks her for all that she has. And this is her complaint. Elijah, do you not know? This is all I have. Have you not been listening? And there's many a time we talk to God like this. And we say, God, I, God, have you not, do you not see the state I'm in? Do you not see where I am? Do you not see the little I have? Do you not see that if I give you this, that's the end? And that's our complaint. And I don't know about you, but I have said that at times. You know, we do complain to God. Let's be honest. And especially when God asks us for everything that we have. And even when it's the last thing we have. And we think, I need this to stay alive for another day. But then Elijah says in verse 13, once she's finished that, her complaint. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me there of a, of a little cake first and bring it unto me. He listened to her complaint. And God listens to our complaints. And then he says, give me it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Because the thing that we have is the very thing that we need to give to him for God to supply all of our needs. Because if we think that we can go through life and sustain ourselves, physically, spiritually, mentally, we can't. Because God is the supplier of all of our needs. Elijah says, but make me a cake first. But make me a cake first. And quite simply, God's saying, put me first. Put me first. Put me first in your life. You think this is for yourself and your son. Put me first. This is a challenge. And it's a challenge to you and I. God's saying, put me first. Make me first. Give me what you have and give it to me first. Before yourself and before your son. You think you're in bad shape. You are with your son. But give it to me. Put me first. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus says, if you don't put me first, before family, before mother, before father. You can have no part of me. And that's hard words to hear. What a challenge. 
And Elisha gives this challenge to this woman. Make me a cake first. We can turn around and say, God, I can't afford to put you first. I can't. I can't afford to give you the tithe. Because Lord, if I give you the tithe, I'm going to be short. But let me ask you a question. Can you afford not to give him the tithe? Can we afford not to put God first? Where the woman says, this is the last that we will have and tomorrow we'll die. But what God was going to do was going to take it and she was going to live the next day. She was going to live the next day. She was going to live the next day and the day after and the day after. But God challenged her through Elijah. Put me first. And this is the challenge to us. We need to put God first. Because my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But we need to put God first. This is God's challenge. This is this widow's challenge. You know, the world will look at us and think, are you crackers? Are you mad? You know, pastor said here when he left work, you know, the jobs and cars and, and, and people think, are you mad? To go out into something that looks so uncertain. Some of you have, uh, some of you have, have given things to God and people have said to you, is there something wrong with you? What are you going to do? But listen, that was maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And where are you? You're still here. You're still here because you put God first. But there was a challenge. And it was a tough challenge. And it was uncomfortable. And you try to think it all out. And you think, now, well, what, I, what will I do here? And I'm not saying you don't use your mind. But if God has asked you to put him first, it's the best thing that we can do. You know, we say, well, how would I survive? How would I do this? How would I do that? But God makes a way. And God provides all of our needs. You know, I think there are just some old, old saints. C.T. Studd was a famous cricketer. And his father was a very, very rich man. Through the family business. Very rich man. And C.T. Studd gave it all up to go to China. His father disinherited him. But it didn't make a difference. Because he was in the will of God. He gave it to God. And we still talk about C.T. Studd today. And the work that he'd done in China. We think of um, Hudson Taylor in China. Give it all up. Give it all up to go to the other side of the world. And started the China Inland Mission. And we still talk about him today. And there's many have given things up. Some famous that we, we talk about. Some that we'll never know. But we have to give to the God first. We have to give God. Because when we give it to God, then he can do something with it. There's a challenge that this woman had. Just let me read you Matthew 19. You don't have to turn to it. You know, Jesus had said about giving all up. And then Peter said, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? 
And Jesus said unto them, Fairly I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall hurt everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. This is the challenge. This is the challenge to give it to God. And God asks us to give it to him. Put me first. You say I can't afford to put you first. God says you can't afford not to put me first. That's it simply. You cannot afford to not put me first. But this is the widow's challenge. Which leads really to the obvious. The widow's reward. She had a predicament. She had a challenge. Now she has her reward. Verse 14 to 16. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Hallelujah. She brought the cake to Elijah. She says, okay, okay, God, I will obey. I will do what you have asked me. I can't work it out. I can't see it. I can't see the way forward. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give everything to you. She went back after she'd made the cake for Elijah. And I'm sure she went back into her kitchen and I'm wondering, did she look at the barrel first? Or did she put her hand in and sort of go, I wonder if there's anything in there. Did she look into the jug of oil and sort of thought, lifted it and sort of think, it feels light. Or does it feel a wee bit heavier? And I'm sure she thought, this, this, I'm sure she had doubts as well. But she put her hand in that barrel and she pulled out another handful of meal. She lifted up that cruise of oil and she poured it out and it poured out. And I'm sure there was rejoicing in her heart and there was glory unto God because of the miracles that God had done. She put her hand in and she got what she needed. She poured that cruise and she got what she needed because God had done a work in her life. Because she had given everything to God. She had put God first. And it says they, they did eat many days. They did eat many days. This woman had one more day to live. But when she gave it to God, she ate many days. And she lived for many days after this. And God wants to do that in our lives. But we have to put him first. We have to give it all to God. Because he is our provider. The meal was there every day. 
and the oil was there every day. Everything that she needed was there every single day. You know, what if she hadn't given it to God? What if she'd said, Elijah, I can't, I can't make it. We wouldn't be talking about this story this morning. It wouldn't be in this book. But it's there because this widow woman obeyed. Because she says, God, I'm going to put you first. She didn't die. She lived the next day and the next and the next. Every day she needed it. Every day it was there. Let me say to you again today, you may say to yourself, I just need to get through today. But if we put God first, you will go to your barrel of meal and you will put your hand in and you will have what you need. This is the word of God. It's not me saying this. If you put your hand in, you will come out with what you need. The meal will be there. What you need for that day will be there. You can lift up that cruise of oil and you can tilt it and what will come out will be everything that you need for that day. This is the word of God. Such an encouragement. You put your hand in. Maybe you, have, you need faith, you need a strength today for your family. Put your hand in the barrel and you will have what you need. Maybe it's for your body. You're struggling. You need to get through. Put your hand in the barrel and you will come out with what you need. You will come out with that handful of meal every single day because God has promised that the meal will not fail and the oil will not fail. The meal didn't go off says the the meal wasted not. I'm sure this was the best meal that they had ever tasted. I'm sure it was the best meal they'd ever tasted because God doesn't give you half measures and the oil didn't go off. It wouldn't fail. It kept going. And as we put God first, the oil will keep flowing. The oil of his Holy Spirit will keep flowing. And we will eat many days. And you may be living from day to day. But God will meet you every day. And he will give you what you need every day. Listen, God may give you the next 10 years supply. And that's good. And we thank God for that as well. But if you need a day's supply, God will supply it. For my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory, in Christ Jesus. You know, there's trials and there's tribulations and they're going to come. But every day, you'll put your hand in the barrel. Every day. And God will supply. Psalm 37, verse 25, David said, I have been young and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's our God. God provides all of our needs. It won't fail. It won't fail. It won't fail. Because God doesn't fail. Look at your predicament today. There's a challenge. Yes. But give it to God. And he will supply. For today. 
for tomorrow, for the next day, for the next month, for the next year, for the rest of our lives. God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in heaven. Let's pray.